Real people. Real opinions. Real talk radio. The multi-award-winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic Hits. Afinafal TD has called for legal action to be taken against people joking about having the coronavirus while deliberately coughing into other people's faces. Kildare North TD James Lawless said thugs are taking videos of themselves coughing into people's faces and posting them online as part of the so-called Corona Challenge or COVID Challenge. Um, and it's what a disgusting thing for people to be doing. Uh, on the line is uh, James Lawless TD. James, good afternoon to you. Good afternoon, Isle. How are you? It, this is a, absolutely disgusting. Now, I know under Section 6 you mentioned of the Non-Fatal Offences Against a Persons Act 1997, it is an offence to spray, pour or put uh, onto a person blood or any fluid or substance resembling blood. And this was brought in, I think, initially for people who were, you know, threatening Garda Shea with syringes of HIV and all that kind of stuff as well. That was helped, that helped, that particular piece of legislation helped at the time. Um, but, uh, James, would it be, what age groups are these kids? Because I haven't seen the videos. Yeah, so, uh, I mean, this is, this is despicable. And when I first heard about this, I was almost in disbelief. I didn't think anybody could be doing this. Um, and actually, the story I first thought about was uh, someone's granny, actually, that um, I suppose a family friend was told to me, uh, an elderly lady was out for a walk. A lot of people are very anxious at the moment. A lot of people are on their own, uh, self-isolating. But they tried to get out maybe once a day for kind of walk around the block or, you know, keep their distance, just get a bit of, a bit of fresh air, get outside the house. And... This elderly lady was out doing that, and a couple of youngsters, I think they were probably 16, 17 uh, male, um, spat at her uh, on the oh, street no. uh, in Newbridge, uh, County Kildare. And uh, she re- recoiled, but what made it even, I mean, as if that wasn't bad enough, um, then they started shouting about having uh, coronavirus, uh, and now she had it. So, pretty horrific. It'd be quite terrifying for an elderly terrifying. person, of course Absolutely. it is. Yeah. I mean, they're already terrified, to be honest with you, and that's not well, going to make things better, yeah. Exactly. I mean, people are already up on high dough, you know, and high state of anxiety, uh, terrified, uh, and people are keeping the distance from... And what, what age, what, sorry, James, what age group are they? I think this, uh, the, the, the young fellas, I think they were 16, 17, kind okay. of teenagers. Okay, oh, okay. Um, so I, I had then heard a second story about uh, another lady out walking uh, in uh, another town, um, and a fella ran up and kind of coughed in her face, uh, kind of laughed. Um, I believe another, his friend was in the background with a mobile phone videoing it, um, and then they ran off as well. So it seems what they're trying to do, the kind of game to them is to try to intimidate or frighten people into thinking that they're giving them the coronavirus, coughing or spitting at them, trying to pass on fluids, uh, deliberately putting themselves in contact with them to intimidate them. I suppose there's a couple of things to it. First of all, it's absolutely despicable and odious in the first place. Of course it is. Yeah. Somebody would do this. But the second thing, which they may be too stupid to even realise, is that they actually could... They could actually be indeed doing what they're saying they're doing. Yes, of course. How do they know the habit? Because the stats tell us up to 60% of the Irish population will contact the virus at some stage over this wave. Most of us, thankfully, will get it and recover. Um, But people will get it. But it takes about two weeks to actually know if well, I think, I think the, it. Well, I, I think the fact you're alluding to there is in Korea, what the st- statistics said, that up to the age of 30, 80% of people didn't even realise they had it. Exactly. So so it, these it, young people invariably could actually have it, uh, yeah. even though they're joking and think they're having a bit of crack and, exactly. at somebody else's expense, and they could invariably be passing it on. Now, uh, under the age of 18, of course, they're considered to be minors. And by the way, there's a disgusting video going around, I think it's in America, actually, where some kid, he looks about 17 and saying he has the coronavirus and he goes into a shop and starts licking all the, the goods on the shelf, uh, which is vile. Yeah. But anyway. And I, I also have something similar about uh, young fellows uh, licking or spitting on supermarket trolleys. 
uh, handled. I actually heard that story this morning uh, about a supermarket that I know, uh, which is again disgusting uh, risk, and it's the same kind of mentality, same kind of mindset. But where where do we go with it with somebody under the age of eighteen? There's part of me who wants to kick the living shite out of them and say, "You stupid little clown!" Right? And yeah. you're a little scumbag for behaving like that. And you know, I I'm, I think your parents would have brought you up better than that. And if they're over 18, absolutely full, you know, the, the law is there to protect us against people like that, you know, behaving in that kind of manner. But the, fa- the Non-Fatal uh, Offences Act uh, against a person, can we really start to enforce that on children? When I say children once they're under you, 18, well, as, as you know what I mean? I, I mean, how far yeah. do we take that yeah. then? You know what I mean? Yeah, so, so the simple answer is, yes, you can. Uh, people can be charged as a minor. I mean, it would be very common in any court in the country uh, to have 16, 17-year-olds up on what's called a Section 3 assault, basically a bust-up at a nightclub, uh, where a fella throws a punch. Um, and they're, and they're very often offences brought for that. Um, fellas into a scrap, uh, and that go- gets brought to court if the damage is serious. If somebody breaks a nose, it gets brought to hospital. So you can be prosecuted, I think it's 14, um, for most offences. And then the age of 12, I think, is the... Would you, not, would you not have to prove... I, I, again, I'm not, I'm not, you know, kind of knocking down your argument, James. I know you're a barrister as well, so you know the law a lot better than I do. But would you would you not have to prove that the person genuinely did it with the intention of doing it? In other words, that, you know, it's an offence to spray, pour, or put uh, onto a person blood of any fluid or substance resembling blood leading to a person to believe that they have become infected with the disease as a result. Yeah, so, yeah. So, so would you not have to have, have some sort of evidence? You know, the okay. kids will just say, look, well, it was a prank. I'm sorry. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. No, definitely. So, so in the criminal law, pretty much every offence in the criminal law, there's a concept of intent. So if you are driving down the street, uh, if you do something, if, if you kill somebody, effectively, if, or if you hit somebody or injure somebody, there's always a defense to say, I didn't mean to do it, okay? So yeah. it, it, it's common. First there was time. no intent, yes. Yeah, I didn't intend to do it. So I think in this case, you know, people videoing their mates, etc. cetera, um, I think it shows an intent. Now, they might say they didn't realize how serious it was. Um, you could say it was reckless. They were reckless as a president. They had a concept in law. Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. They could argue the immature mind didn't realize how serious. Yeah, and, yeah, they, yeah. you know, because obviously there's something very new to us all. And, and, and as much as I said to you, I want these, you know, young teenagers yeah. to realize what they're doing is very wrong. And it's good that we're talking about this today yeah. because if they're listening in the cars with their mams and their dads or well, they're listening. And the other thing that will get the mams and dads' attention uh, is actually there was a thing called the Clancy Amendment. Now, people may or may not be aware of this. In the Road Traffic Act a couple of years ago, there was a situation where, again, young fellas and young ladies, maybe in some cases, were taking mamas and dads' car and going for a bit of a spin around the place, sometimes with insurance, sometimes not, sometimes speeding, you know, maybe being, again, fairly reckless and fairly mischievous in what they were getting up to in mammy and daddy's car. And the situation was, if they were brought before the courts, oh, you've no insurance, oh, you're a minor, oh, slap on the wrist, off you go. Yep. So the law was actually changed. It's called a Clancy Amendment, uh, the Road Traffic Act, to say, but now mammy or daddy are liable because if little Johnny hops in the car and spins off without insurance, does some damage, um, little Johnny might be off the hook, but big Johnny is in trouble. Who owns the and car? Maybe, yeah. Exactly. exactly. Un- unless, they, unless they claim their own children stole the car. Uh, well, something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I think the main thing, I suppose, across all of this... See, you know, I, but I've watched James over the weekend, you know, the videos and social media and stuff. And there's an element of, you know, kind of the, the, the 13 to sort of 17 year olds are looking at this as some sort of time off school, having yeah. the crack with their mates. They're not taking it as seriously as they should. I'm sure their parents are telling them how serious it is. But, you know, there is an element of... Uh, now, I don't want to have a go at all young people because all young people, are, most of them are very mature about the whole thing, yeah. right? Yeah. But there are going to be those scumbags, let's just call yeah. it what it yeah. is, yeah. in society yeah. who don't really give a shite. And, yeah. you know, we can kick them, we can tell them till we're blue in the face, 
and there's nothing really can be done about it. But should we go down the road of criminally charging people who may look back when they're 26 or 27 or 30 and say, what the hell was I up to when I was 17? I shouldn't yeah. have done it. I, and I'm, that's what I'm thinking of, you know what I mean? Sure, sure. Look, look, it's like anything in, in the law. There's a, there's a balancing act. I think the reality of it here is, first of all, uh, these, these fellows, if they persist with this kind of behaviour, and if there's particularly bad examples of it, they can be charged and they can be brought before a court. I think it's important that they know that's a possibility. In reality, if that happens and it goes to a full case and it goes to a judge and the barrister comes in and says, you know, he's a good chap and he doesn't study and he gets good grades and he's really sorry and may call back, probably he'll get the probation act, probably he'll get a, a fine. Court. He won't walk away with a criminal record. Yeah, if he yeah I, I think it wouldn't be a bad idea, James. You're probably right to make an example out of somebody and find somebody for it to send a strong message out well, to I young people. I, this is not exactly. much really behave. This, yeah. this can be done. I mean, at the moment, yeah. the public thing, there's no recourse. It's completely without consequence. They can do what they want. They can intimidate people. First of all, they need to be aware that it could actually be spreading the virus. Uh, they could actually be doing what they're pretending to do. They could actually be doing it for real because they could have it themselves. And secondly, there's existing laws. You don't even have to make new laws. There's existing laws on the statute books since the mid-90s that were actually brought in for the HIV epidemic at the time uh, so they could be punished for doing that. So people need to wise up and get okay. more serious with this. All right, well, listen, thank you very much indeed, uh, TD James Laws. I appreciate you coming on the air. And I think the strong message out there to parents is please talk to your children about the way they're behaving at the moment, particularly in those extreme circumstances with this so-called silliness of, uh, you know, pretending they're spreading the coronavirus by coughing into people's faces. It's absolutely disgusting and ridiculous. Let me go to Matt Corley, who's a political columnist with the uh, Times in the UK. Matt, uh, sorry, Matt, uh, go ahead. Uh, you're on line two. Go ahead, Matt. Yeah, hi, how are you doing? Uh, Matt, I mean, what was the reaction yesterday to Boris Johnson's announcement? I mean, so far, what has been the reaction? And is it because people in the UK, similar to people over here last weekend, kind of took this as a bank holiday weekend and really didn't didn't comply? Yeah, I think of all the people to blame, I think the weather uh, was a big part of it. It just... There's a sort of perfect storm. Because, I mean, it wasn't a storm. It was beautiful, sunny... Uh, beautiful. It was in the air. And everybody thought, well, well if we've got to just uh, keep our distance, we'll, you know, it'll be all right if we go to the beach or if yeah. we go to the, the mountains or whatever. And, of course, you know, thousands and thousands and thousands of people did the same thing. I also think to some extent, although um, I'm not one who buys a lot of the criticism of Boris Johnson, let's be honest, this is an awful thing for uh, any government to be having to deal with, and all governments have struggled in their own ways. But uh, some of the messaging was a little bit, you know, would you mind also if you didn't go to the pub? Uh, and then in the it end, was kind of almost like an advisory rather than a re- than a request, so to speak. I, and I yeah, and I get I think, that. And that's happened I here, guess. by the way, too. We're kind of now in the same boat. There was an argument for a while that Britain were kind of lagging about a week behind us. But now Britain have kind of overtaken us somewhat with the restrictions. Now, we have an announcement today at three o'clock, which, in fact, invariably will probably be sim- a lot of the similar restrictions of no more than two people in a group and unnecessary services and shops closing. But how is that going to affect business? As Boris's main concern seemed to be up to last week, business as usual in the United Kingdom. But now he seems to have backtracked. I mean, people must be losing confidence in him at this stage. A little bit, although interestingly, the polling uh, shows that Boris Johnson's uh, favourability ratings have rocketed in the last week. Um, a positive 20%. So all the people are favourable. Take away the people who are uh, unfavourable. About, he's, he's now positive 20%. He hasn't been definitely like that for the last five years, possibly ever. Mm. Uh, Rishi Sunak, the Chancellor, he's also shot. I think to some extent people are looking at uh, their leaders, and this is happening right around the world, and just thinking, 
I just hope you know what you're doing. I'm going to put my faith in you because, frankly, that's all we've. But uh, Boris doesn't seem effect. to know what he's doing because uh, kind of <laughs> last week it was kind of let's get the herd immunity going, sure, and let, oh, look, a few people are going to die, but sure, that'll be grand. But now we're kind of going down. Well, the other countries are doing this strategy, so we better do it too. And that seems to be the way he's doing. It. I think he was more concerned about protecting the economy up to you know a week and a half ago than he was about protecting people. I, I don't totally buy that. Um, I do think that there is a point, and all of the science has said this all the way along, there is a point where total shutdown was likely, but doing it two or three weeks ago, actually there wasn't a lot of point because in t- you know there weren't that many cases in the UK. Yeah. Uh, you have a total shutdown and everybody stays indoors. Um, for, you know, you're basically keeping people who don't have it away from other people who don't have it. Uh, and we could have done that for three weeks for no great benefit, sort of epidemiologically. Uh, and then maybe you lift them and then it all, all blows up again. So Yeah, because you can't you lock down for too long, months. obviously. Yes, because, because then people, people get bored of it. And of people course, start yeah. thinking, well, maybe I can pop to the beach again and we get a repeat of what happened last weekend. Yeah, yeah. so the general reaction from people, I suppose, and I haven't really been watching British media much this morning, but the general reaction seems okay to it. People don't seem to be appalled by this. They probably expected it, to be honest with you, Matt. And I think we expect it probably here, too, in the coming days, too, to have some level of lockdown. I don't believe we'd go down the route of Italy. Do you think you know that he may go down the route of Italy or Spain in, as he said, three weeks when he revisits this again? Do you think he may have to go down that route if nothing happens? I think it's really difficult, and we don't have in the UK a sort of tradition like you do in, uh, I mean, particularly in France, where they, you know, inevitably, even in a crisis like this, France have come up with another bit of paper that you've got to fill in, because they do love a form, uh, even in a crisis. Italy have the same thing. We had a caller on a reporter from Italy last week where you have to apply to the local town hall to get a slip of paper to nip to the shops, you know what I mean? Yeah, and that's just not a very sort of British response to something like this, and bluntly, uh, you know, the police, despite Boris Johnson's promise to, to hire lots of police during the election campaign in December, uh, we don't have them now. And if we do have spare police officers, uh, then maybe, you know, supporting the uh, NHS, making sure that people get to the right place at the right time is probably better than rounding up people who don't have a slip of paper because they happen to be in the park when they shouldn't have been. Um, in the end, I also think this comes down to all of us. Uh, then instead of pointing and saying, well, why aren't the police stopping this? And why aren't, you know... Yeah, why aren't we stopping it? Yeah, absolutely. A community responsibility to all take responsibility for what we're doing. Uh, and maybe if we are out on our once-a-day uh, constitutional piece of exercise uh, while keeping our discipline on us, if people aren't doing what they should be doing, maybe say so. You know, say good morning to the people who are doing what they should be doing and point out to other people that they shouldn't. And, you know, whether that's you know, friends on Facebook or speaking to your friends and family mm-hmm. um, on the phone, uh, every time somebody says, oh, no, I'll be all right, I was just going to pop, you know... I'll, you know, relatives who keep saying, well, I'll be all right, I'll pop to Tesco's. Like, no, you're, you're in the vulnerable group. You've got to stay in for 12 weeks. You know, it, it's on us. It's what we can't just... Yeah, well, a lot of these places now are doing deliveries and offering to do deliveries to avoid those people, those vulnerable people. Exactly right, there. Yeah. And by the way, how is this, just finally, how is this going to affect Boris's budget for this? Because last week or during the week, he was talking about somewhere in the region of $350 billion. Um, I mean, how is this going to affect his budget now where you're going to see more businesses close, more people claiming that 80% of salary uh, up to 2500 per month? How is this going to affect his budget? This is going to certainly uh, increase that budget, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it really is. I mean, the talk about politics is not normal anymore. Uh, it was only, what, two weeks ago we had the actual budget in the UK mm-hmm. uh, when there was £12 billion pounds for dealing with coronavirus. Last week, they became £250 billion. I actually think a lot of the package announced last week was had one eye on what is happening this week in terms of getting these schemes up and running ready for when businesses started closing. 
But you're right. I mean, the economic impact of all this and also the political impact of just well, what is and isn't acceptable now for governments to do in the future. You know, the next well, time, well, I think they have to do everything they can. I mean, they've just invested. They're, they're buying shares in British Airways now just to keep them afloat. Exactly right. Yeah. And, but, but just the idea, it's amazing that a few months ago we were having a round about whether or not the Tories were going to privatise the NHS and sell it off to Donald Trump. Right now <laughs> the Tories are taking over private hospitals and bringing them into the NHS. You know, everything has been turned on its head. Well, you know Donald would buy it as well, by you, mind you. <laughs> and he's gone down a completely different route this morning. He turned around and said, now, next week he's lifting the restrictions and it's business as usual in the United States. So you never know what Donald is up to or what. But I'm sure he'll change his plan again before the end of the week. I mean, there'll be more public pressure on him. Listen, it's been wonderful talking to you. Matt Chorley, political columnist with the, uh, with the Times. Thank you very much indeed for coming on the air and I appreciate it. There you go. Uh, That's just what's happening in the UK. Would you like to see that happening here, by the way? Would you believe today at three o'clock that announcement should include, um, you know, unnecessary businesses closing? Do you believe it should include not travelling in groups of more than two people? And do you believe it should include that people should be fined if indeed they break the rules? Because people are breaking the rules constantly, every day, all day. Also, the construction industry have said that they don't, well... Some of them have said they don't want to close, uh, that they're abiding by the you know social distancing rules. Although, to be honest with you, we have construction going on across the road from us here at Classic Hits, and I've seen people not abiding by social distancing rules. Maybe they're best friends and they're happy enough to do that. That's what they want to do, but they have to think of other people that they might be in contact with during the day as well. All right, I want to just hear some of your calls. You can call us right now. The number is 087-188-0008. That's 087-188-0008. And let us know exactly how this is affecting you. What are you doing currently at this very moment in time to stop yourself from getting it and to make sure that you're not one of those people who are in a very, very vulnerable situation? Robbie, you're in Classic Kids. How are you doing, Robbie? Robert. I, I'm going to lose my voice, I'll be honest with you. I was trying to uh, shout over that music there. It's a hard life. It is, yeah. Just hear it. Just, I, look, 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 it just doesn't stop. Uh, sorry, Robbie. Oh, the Flintstones. I know it was the Flintstones, yeah. Uh, Robbie, what are you doing? I am working. Good? Well, don't anyway. Uh, okay, and what, what do you work at, by the way, Robbie? What do you, what do, you do? You don't have to tell me I, where, but... I work for um, domestic waste recycling. All right, okay. Okay, so all that kind of stuff has to still happen. Yeah, of course. Yeah, 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 yeah. We'll be all front line. I'm one of those people that if you build a statue for me. Yeah, so I mean, because let's be clear about it. When, even when you do have a lockdown situation, and people maybe don't fully understand that, everybody isn't out of work because there are services. Like, people still have to man, you know, the ESB networks still have to be there. Exactly. The people who man the mobile phone networks still have to be there. People who look after broadband because it's important to us still have to be there. People who work in shops, recycling waste or bin men, all yeah. those things still have to be done. They do. Otherwise, yeah, we end up with a bigger problem. Some people don't realise what an essential services are. I mean, look, at, imagine your bins not being collected for like six weeks, you know. Well, that would happen. be worse than any virus because it we would, would have rat, rat exactly. infestations, yeah. yeah. You'd have more diseases coming out of that. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, you, you need, like, you, you need the likes of them. The building sites, um, I, I seen there was kind of a, a, a debate, discussion going on Twitter last night. I was reading up it. And some people that were saying that they keep they need to keep building because they're not near each other on the building sites and it's an essential service because we need housing and all mm-hmm. that. Yeah. I kind of don't agree with that. But, you know, um, I would say guards, firemen, nurses, doctors, um, domestic waste collection, retail in... Uh, certain retail areas, you know what I mean? I, I don't know, I'm not in the construction industry, but I know the problem in construction is is that a lot of it will be self-employed people or self-employed contractors. Yeah, still be, yeah. 
Yeah, and I know a lot of those people are worried and concerned about, well, money, uh, which is, by the way, we all have to worry about our health. That's really important. Money, unfortunately, is important for us as well as human beings because it's part of our lifestyle and and nobody wants to see their their way of life and their standard of living change, even though we, we care we want to keep trying our best to keep our standard of living yeah. for our family, and I understand that. And I mean, I think the standard of living is changing for the the short term. I think it's something I tweeted there last night. Welcome to the eighties, you know. And a few people got a good laugh out of it, you mm-hmm. know. And it was kind of like, I think the bonus that it's the the kind of a, the cancellation of the car insurance and the mortgages, mortgages, and so on. But of course, they're going to put the interest on top of that as well. But that's another story. But I think that that kind of helps where people aren't under that kind of stress and pressure that they would. Well, be I, I don't, I don't agree like with that. you. I don't believe the government have done enough or anywhere close to enough. Oh no, no, we don't think they have. I mean, the, the mortgage, this mortgage holiday is a load of nonsense. By the way, this is pandering yeah. to banks again. Um, it cost forty-six billion back in two thousand nine to bail out the banks of this country. Uh, realistically, the better the people will cost a lot less than that this time yeah, around. I agree with you. Uh, because it's not going to go more than six months. Uh, six months will cost $7.5 billion. Uh, that's to pay people 80% of their salaries, right? Uh, or right. up to 2500 a month. Right. And, and tomorrow, I think they are going to make an announcement in relation to that. And I think the announcement, we're guessing at the moment, and I don't want to preempt it, it'll be somewhere along the lines of what Sinn Fein have spoken about, which is 70% yeah. of people's salary, which I think yeah. is going to be a great help to people. Absolutely. And, absolutely. and it will relieve the mental pressure of losing yeah. your job. It will. Uh, but in saying that, there are other things. The banks, you know, need to get a good kick in the hole because three months and then telling people after three months, well, that's grand, you have to start paying again. Oh, and by the way, you owe us the last three months. So we're going to recapitalise that with interest onto your mortgage or at the end of your mortgage. That's not good enough. It needs to yeah. be a holiday. In other words, there should be an announcement today. All mortgages are suspended for the next three months. And in three months' time, let's review the situation. And if we can't go back to it yet, or maybe we're still in lockdown or whatever, well, then it needs to you know, extend it a little bit. But that, from that point, we all have to start paying again. And I think that should be just done up across the board. Let's get yeah, on I mean, it. I was having that conversation with my wife. And, and the whole thing is that, and I'm not saying, oh, poor us, and give us a pat on the back. But in the last 15 years, the people of this country have gone through the coronavirus. Absolutely. We've gone through financial meltdown. Yep. We've bailed Austerity. Out we we, we, ba- we bailed out the country. Yes, we did. Yeah, we know more about how the ECB works than any country in the world. We know about this coronavirus. We know what it's like. Like um, I was kind of in the 80s as well, so we kind of came from that, you know. And but I thought the last few years were harder with the mortgages and so on and so forth. And I think that the Irish people have heard a, a brunt, like... That I think not many people have around the world. I'm not saying that there's other countries that are in worse, worse situations than us. But like, there's a generation that know more about stuff than they shouldn't know about. That's kind of the point I'm making, you know. And I think after all of this, I'm hoping that the world takes a step back and says, Do you know what? Having a swipe at somebody on Twitter just because they have a silly argument or a small point of view mm. that differs from what all kind of pans into insignificance, doesn't it? Yeah. And, and I've noticed that when we watch Sky News or RT News at the moment, the whole news, of course, has been taken up by coronavirus. Yeah. And I'm saying, OK, is there nothing else in the world that happens happening at the moment that's that important? And clearly there isn't. Right. So in other words, that all those other stories, many of those other stories really weren't that important in the first place. Exactly. You know, and it means that... Um, I don't like Sinn Féin or I don't like Fianna Gael. Okay, you don't like them, but Jesus Christ, you know, get get a grip and you don't have to be venomous about it. And like, just because somebody says, yes, I follow Liverpool or I follow Man United, you don't have to call them a gobshite or an arsehole or something because of it. Yes, just because you follow that team. And I think people are hoping that people take a step back and kind of go, you know what? Look what's happened around the world. Let's all just try to be a little... I know it's all combo, yeah, and let's hug each other. 
you know, that type of thing. But let's all come in and get a grip of ourselves. Oh, sure, look, I, people are having a go at me on Twitter at the moment saying, oh, suddenly I'm in favour of, of socialism, right? Because obviously I agree with Sinn Féin's policies on this particular, in this particular uh, time and this particular yeah. situation. Uh, but I'm only agreeing with it because it's solidarity. I don't agree with socialism. I agree with solidarity. And I think at a time like this... Because it's right. Yeah, and, and socialism and solidarity are two different things. You know what I mean? And, and, you, and you know, I'm not... I'm not, uh, I'm not uh, Conservative by any stretch of the imagination. I don't, I don't agree with Fianna Fáil or Fianna Gael, but I think Leo was right to come on the telly the other night. You know, let's all get together, let's all be one here, and let's all work together. Now, it's always a bit silly for if Leo to come out the other day and say that I want to have a national government, but leaving Sinn Fein aside, like, that's not very, you know, national, yeah. you know. Yeah. But, like, I think in the, in the grand scheme of things, I think we all are going through this together, and we all need to get through this together. And when we come out the other side of it, I think we just need to kind of have a step back and say, look, things aren't as bad as we thought they were. Now, we do have issues that we need to resolve in around health and housing. And I well, well that, mind you, this kind of, the whole housing crisis is kind of paled into a bit of, a little bit of insignificance at the moment, although it is significant for a lot of people who are still in that situation. But, Robbie, stay there, because I have to go to a break as well. I'm sorry, I always feel like I'm cutting you short, Robbie. Uh, Paul, you're on Classic Kids. How are you doing, Paul? Well, how are you? Good. Paul, you believe that uh, we don't have sufficient guards for lockdown? I do, yeah, I don't, I don't think we have, and I mean, I don't think we have sufficient guardian, and I don't think we have sufficient uh, defence forces personnel, mm-hmm. because you have to remember, every every city and major town in the country would have to be supervised, at least, you know. And well, I, I think the argument is, we hope that people will just comply, and, you know, if there are one or two people caught here and there and get a fine, well, it might send a strong message out to others. I mean, look, we, we know people are, are not going to stay in their houses. Not everybody. People are going to take a chance on an unnecessary journey or an unnecessary trip to a shop that they don't really have to do. But I suppose it's just to get the message out there that if you do that, there's a good chance you could get a fine. Yeah, but I, 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 I still don't think that's... Um, I think I, I don't think even a fine would be enough to, 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 to uh, disencourage them from going out and doing things that they don't need to do. But Paul, no, but the bottom all, line all, is, all, the all message all is out. A few people, all yeah. a few people, oh, know. I know. But Paul, Paul, the message is out there, right? It is. Yeah, and, and, they're and not, they're not, they're not I know they're not listening. I know, no. no. But well, look, in fairness, eighty percent of people are listening. There's twenty yeah, percent yeah. who are not. And, and is a lot, mate. I know, yeah. And if if today we bring in more stringent measures, that will reduce that twenty percent, maybe down to ten or five percent. Mm. And realistically, Paul, at some point, you know, as you've heard the experts and the virologists and all these other epidemiologists and other people like that have said in relation to this particular epidemic or this pandemic, at some point, most of us are probably going to get it. All we're trying to do is slow it down. So I don't think, and they've already said the evidence from other countries shows that the lockdown, although it's a good thing to do in some countries, they have different ways of dealing with things. It's not going to make a huge amount of difference, provided we can get people just to comply. And if I think we can do that without some sort of going around, you know, shooting people who are walking on the streets. No, no. But there are countries, I've seen countries mind in the world who are taking it very seriously. There's a lot of them I wouldn't mind having a shot at. <laughs> well, uh, some, <laughs> some of these little scumbags who don't seem yeah. to care, yeah. yeah. I agree. But, you know, I, I, I think if most people comply, I think we only lead, lead a compliance level of about 90% for this to work. Yeah. Something my wife said to me today, you know, and I agree with her, a lot of the people that were preaching to us about climate control now are the people that... Uh, Yep. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. Same, the same 16-year-old teenagers that were wandering, yeah. taking days off school and telling us all how we should live our lives yeah, are exactly. the same ones that are probably out now hanging around beaches with their mates. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And by the way, I agree, I agree with you, you and your callers about the banks. It's payback time now, you know. Yep. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not very happy with Pascal O'Donoghue. Um, I, I think this, you know, announcing and keep announcing that, oh, we got you as a three-month holiday in your mortgage, that's not good enough. That's not good enough. I, I think, in, in fairness to the government, the politicians, I think they're learning as they go along. Yeah, they've they have a lot to do. They have a lot to do. We've never came across anything like this before, you know? Yeah, no, and, 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 uh, my, and I, did, I did applaud them the other day for the steps they have taken so far, uh, yeah. but there's a lot more to do. Yeah, a lot I, think more. I think they'll do it. I think they'll learn as they go along. But I also think the EU will have to will have to give us a bit of all these countries a dig out as well, you know. Yeah, yeah. Financially, you know. All right, okay. Um, I'm just looking in, by the way. News is just coming in that the government will now pay 70% of an employee's wages up to €410 Euro per week for businesses who are willing to meet uh, the remainder of the staff's weekly payment. So, in other words, if you're a business out there listening, okay, they've just announced, uh, and you have a business and you have staff, the government will give you 70% of your staff's wages up to €410. Euro. Just work that out there pretty quickly, Ashley. Divide by 10, multiply by 7, that's 70% of €410 Euro per week. Still doesn't go far enough, I don't personally believe, uh, because there's a lot of people earn more than four hundred and ten euro per week. That isn't. Uh, I'm sorry, but that doesn't work. That doesn't go far enough. We got it back again anyway. Yeah, know? but yeah, that's what I'm saying. But that doesn't go far enough. That's essentially saying we're increasing the two hundred and three euro up to what? What? Uh, just work it out there for me, Ashley. I think it's about three hundred and forty um, euro. Your maths are good, now. Yeah, oh, but. Okay, so, I mean, that's, that's not going to work out because in the UK, they're up to 2,500. We expected Sinn Féin had suggested up to 2,500 or up to 32,000 per year. That's not going to cut it at all because there's a lot of people earn more than 410 euro a week. So 410 euro a week, we give you a mortgage of 1,600 quid, it's fair call used to you. I know, I know people on the door are nearly getting that. Yeah, no, that's, I'm sorry, all they've done is changed the, the, Regina already admitted she was wrong the other day and admitted that it wasn't enough money. And all they've done is essentially changed the wording of it. Yeah. Bit of window dressing. Yeah, and that's, of course, and this is, by the way, to encourage businesses to retain staff while they close to keep them on the books. Uh, we'll talk about that more, uh, as, as John will obviously talk about it in the news as well. But uh, just to give you, that's the latest news in. The government has said they'll pay 70% of employees' wages to employers of uh, up to €410 Euro per week for business who are willing to meet the remainder of their staff's weekly payment. Well, I suppose it's not too, look, it's twice what they were willing to pay before. But may, but it may not it may not go up uh, enough. But we'll we'll talk about self employed and all that kind of stuff, and I'm sure we get all the details of that. It's a little bit late in the show to get into it now. Let me go to Eamon. Eamon, you're on Classic Kids. How you doing, Eamon? How you doing, Niall? What's happening? Good, Eamon. You're working on a building site, and still no sign of it shutting. Not a hope in hell. Right, and and what are you doing on the building site, by the way? What do you do yourself? Uh, I'm dri- I drive a machine. Right. Okay. They so ho- so they you're they kind of on home. your own anyway. Yeah, well, I'm a bit of a loner, Niall, but don't spread the word. <laughs> <laughs> right, but, and do you think the people on the site, are, are they adhering to social distancing? Majority of them are, Niall, to be fair. But, like, there is places, like, if you're laying, if you're pouring concrete or something like that, you're going to be in close contact with other people. There's, there, you can't do it on your own sort of thing, you know what I mean? Okay, you're not but just going to stand about two metres away from somebody. You else. can, you can because yeah. you're, you're pouring concrete into a hole, you know? That, it, it's, just, it's just the way it is. Yeah. Um, but like majority, majority of the people are because there's there's loads of machines here. Like machine men, I'm not saying we're, we're not going to get it, but we're not socialising on the site. If you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And when you're, ha- I seen a great picture yesterday outside the Bank of Ireland in Dublin, and it was two lads, and they're in all their you know protective gear and everything else, their ha- hard hats on them and the whole lot, and they were sitting on a wall about three meters apart, and they had a ruler in between them. <laughs> <laughs> and they were eating their, ro- their rolls. <laughs> no, but I I don't know. I like if it's if it, if it is going to come in. I don't know whether it's going to 
what what's going to be essential work and what's not going to be essential work. It, 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 like it, it's a it's a thin line. You know what I mean? I think they're going to ramp up the measures today. I don't know whether that'll include construction or not. That's hard to say at the moment. I think three o'clock, they're announcing all this. I think it'll be stuff like, for example, in garages, you know, the the burger joint in the garage will have to close and you can just pay for your your diesel or or your petrol. Um, I think, you know, cafes, restaurants who might be still open, who are social distancing and, and keeping that social distance, they'll all have to close. Um, I think, you know, a takeaways, there might be a problem. I don't know. I don't know exactly. I'm just guessing. No, but nobody knows it's a problem. Yeah, and I think they most likely will say, well, look, could, could you just not go out in groups of more than two? And I think that all that kind of stuff, it will be common sense stuff, but the government will be just telling us once again and telling us how to do it. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. And just, by the way, for people who didn't uh, know that news there, I don't think it goes far enough, but the government have said um, the unemployed payment to rise to 350 per week and the government will pay 70% of uh, retained worker salaries up to 410. So the current 305 or 3 euro will go up to 350 per week. That's if you're out of work already, if you've been let go uh, and you're not at work, but they're also offering to pay employers to keep people on up to 70% of the salary up to 410 euro. Um, I don't think that part goes enough of the way and I think still think 350 is too little for people who have earned a lot more than that and have to pay bills. But anyway, look, we'll talk a bit more about a bit more tomorrow, to be honest with you. Real people. Real opinions. Real talk radio. The multi-award-winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic.